0: This is Purple Radio on demand.
1: Hello and welcome to Who's Up Podcasts. I'm your host Joe, and today we're joined by special guest Louis. Hello. And Joseph.
2: Why would you do this to
1: me? <laughs> to annoy you. That's why. You're a terrible person. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um today, well, well, yesterday, in fact, by the time you're watching, listening to this, seven months ago, uh, we watched the Aztecs and the Husbands of River Song. Yeah, that's right. Yes, not yeah. in that order, though. Yeah, no, not in that order. Um, but for our Christmas special watch along and archaeology week. Um, yeah, let's get on to it. But before we do, spoiler warning. Um, spoiler warning for, let's see, the Hartnell era, the Capaldi stuffs, the River Song arc in its entirety, obviously. Indeed. Um, and yeah, that's probably everything, but if we do spoil more stuff, oh well, you've been warned. Uh, yes, so let's start with what we watched first, Husbands of River Song. In this comedy-centric Christmas... I would say it's comedy-centric. It's definitely mm, yeah.
2: comedy-centric.
1: It's, yeah, a comedy-centric Christmas special. The Doctor, after many years apart, meets up once again with Professor-slash-Doctor River Song and goes on... An adventure against monarchy and genocidal maniacs everywhere. Um, Which in this episode are the same thing. Indeed. Uh, And, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's a romantic comedy episode. It is, I think, actually the closest Doctor Who ever gets to romantic comedy.
2: It is, very much so. It feels like, you know, those traditional Christmas... Yeah, 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 The, yeah. Yeah, the, the
0: Christmas thing feels very natural, unlike yeah, yeah. other forced Christmas things like yeah. Time of the Doctor. And
1: yeah, Earth. and Time of the Doctor, where the connection to Christmas is that it's a snowy planet in a town called Christmas for some reason. Um, Why not? I mean, you know, that's a thing. We're talking about Christmas specials in general, actually. Spoiler warning for every Christmas special. <laughs> yep. Um, most of them have the RTD Christmas specials are usually stories that are set at Christmas, and Christmas has some little relevance, but it's not, like, a major thing. I mean, Christmas Invasion and um, Runaway Bride, their predominant connection to Christmas is that there are robot Santas in the story (laughs) who occupy about 15 minutes of the plot so that it's a normal episode.
0: (laughs) I mean, with so many Christmases across all of time and so many places where it could happen what can you do with it after a while yeah
1: i mean no like then, elves uh, no, attacking then, people no then you've got you know i mean stephen moffat's christmas stories are always it's oh it's about christmas we are adapting a classic christmas story yes. twice um like you know all wrong with that we're um you know just going about and it's like it's set in a place called christmas it's got santa claus in it played by nick frost um Return of Doctor Mysterio doesn't count, but if anyone actually remembered that was a story before I mentioned it, now bravo to you. Um, yes, bravo to me. <laughs> and um, I can't believe you've. We do not a with Doctor Mysterio like this. Yeah. Um, then you know, Jodie Whittaker just moves on to New Year's instead of Christmases, which is a tragedy.
0: This Christmas story does feel very natural. I think. This one yeah. does feel That's natural. I think
1: this is far and away. The strongest Moffat Christmas special, without a shadow of a doubt. Aside yes. from maybe Christmas Carol, but I would say this is stronger. I agree. And they are strong for different reasons, so it's not exactly to say this is better. But I would sooner rewatch Husbands of River Song than Christmas Carol, which is also weird because Christmas Carol is far more of a standalone episode than Husbands of River Song is. And normally I would tend towards thinking a standalone episode is mm. stronger I because
0: think this is sort of reliant on you knowing who River Song is and the whole story. Yeah, banks on you going, ah, well, I know who these characters are.
1: Yeah, that is very true, which is, you know, a weakness. Well, Manus, it doesn't... You don't need to, but it's a lot stronger. Updating apps anywhere? Stop. 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 What are you doing? (laughs) Why do I go to this university? Go away. No. Sorry, that was technical difficulties. Uh, I would insert technical difficulties music if it wasn't all copyrighted. Um, It's a tragedy. It is.
0: Um... In regards to this episode, of course, yeah, exactly. this is this is the first Capaldi story, I think, without that <coughs> wretched companion, Clara Oswald. Okay. What
1: is this slander today? Is, I would not call Clara wretched. I think that's a little harsh, even but as much as I don't always like her.
0: You know, Joseph, just how much I'm not the biggest fan of the 12 era. This I'm was aware. such a brush of fresh air, even though we've already seen River Song. Brush of fresh air. Yeah, yeah. Daz <laughs> Yeah, fresh. Uh, sorry. A breath of fresh air because it wasn't Clara; it was something else. Even though you know it was like you no, know, the the hand of River Song rising from the grave. It was still her. Yeah.
1: Well, in fairness, I would say this is probably my second favorite River Song episode after Silence of the Library, Forest of the Dead. Uh,
0: I
2: think I'd
1: agree there. I think I almost prefer it to Silence. Forest. That is completely In a fair. very different way. No, I'll of ask. course, but also you you simp for Peter Capaldi. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, no. But no, that is fair. They are very different stories. Um, but I would say this is definitely my second favourite one. In part because you know what? Stephen Moffat here pulls a power of the Doctor and pokes fun at the 11th arc of River Song. You know, I mean, I think one of my favourite lines in this episode is I'm going to need a bigger flowchart. Um, yes. Which... If the flowchart joke had been there on its own, I think that would be a little bad. But the the fact that the doctor says, oh, my God, I'm going to need a bigger flowchart is so funny. It's such an iconic line. It's like, Stephen Moffat making things more complicated again. And you know what? He doesn't. You don't need a flowchart to understand anything in this episode. Are it's- there times
0: where, I'd say, like the whole the whole sort of gag of this episode is the fact that River is with the doctor, but she doesn't know it's the doctor, is the whole reveal, which is, of course, he's quite well done towards the end, I yeah. will admit the thing is, there are just moments where I'm like, "Oh, come on, you know, River," where she's like, uh, "Oh, like, oh, you're very good," and the doctor's like, "Yes, for, for a, a doctor,", doctor. and he's yeah. like, "Come on." Yeah. yeah.
1: No, Venice. Then you have Peter Capaldi like turning to the camera and doing like his arms like, "What the hell?" Yes. <laughs> um, I don't mind it. I think you know, given the nature of what River Song believes, she doesn't really think like you know, she's just not focusing on that um, um, apologies for if you hear the Christmas carolers in the background I did put up a sign saying carolers will be criticised but apparently they are going on anyway this is also
0: the, um, the first episode that involves Nardol. Uh, yes and this uh, episode
1: ends in Nardol's unfortunate demise that is never mentioned again
2: it's never
0: it? mentioned again. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, he's, no, he's got. No, it's a body, not okay. It's not
1: me- not mentioned again, obviously, but it's like you know he goes from this to that, and it's like, oh yes, yeah, mm-hmm. thank God I got a new body. Um, yes. S- yeah. You know, just, they just—it's very much brushed over.
2: I mean, the doctor puts him back together. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, but you, you, know, know. you have screws pulled out of him it, in the
0: pilot. It's, it's, know, is, it's, it's I is I is very know. much. Matt Lucas was still on the contract for about a year. And thought, oh, no, 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 no.
1: Matt Lucas was not on the contract. All right, for you. all right, Matt Lucas was hiding This as a guest star for a one-off episode. They just decided to bring him back because Stephen Moffat was like, uh. It works! And you know what? It was a good call. I like it. It was, it's very. Nardole in this episode does not feel like the same character as Nardole in series 10 for me personally. Even if you occasionally reference the episode, like things that happen in this episode, they feel like fundamentally different characters. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yours is twin.
2: I wouldn't say they feel like different characters. I think Nardole almost grows up a lot. I think. I think we miss a lot of Nardole dealing with the Doctor's grief. If only there was an and audio And I think he changes within that. But I still think he's fundamentally the same, but interacts in a different way, more of a sort of seeing himself as an equal, whereas he's very much subservient to Yeah. Him. Whereas mm. having dealt with all of the Doctor's grief, there's a very different relationship between the two of them, which I think is where the differences stem from.
1: Yes and no, because that development is skipped over it so is. much that it is very difficult to say it exists at all. Uh, like, I yes. Think... I think they acted very... And I'm not saying this is a criticism also, um, just to clarify that as well. Um, but I think it's also because they serve two completely functionally very different roles. Um, in this episode, Nodal is entirely comic relief. In series 10, as much as Missy calls Nardole comic relief, and he does serve that role a little bit, he serves a much more reminder of the Doctor's responsibility and importance to the series arc in series 10. Far more so than, you know, he has this very important and weighty narrative role of criticising and like bashing at the Doctor, which is so very different that yes, you know, like I accept that they are the same character, but they feel so very different. It's like, again, for me, You know, Clara in series seven and Clara in series eight feel like entirely different characters. Um, That I will give you. um, And you know, in a way that Clara in series eight to nine feels like a natural progression. um,
0: Common denominator. We're all math students. Any any common denominator here? You know, it's Moffat. The way that he writes his characters is quite all over all over the place. The fact that they've got to always fit the mold of the series arc. And then, like, because, you know... Yes you said, and no, again. you said, you know, Clara in series eight, that's like, you know, a, you know, a finite space where she exists, but then it's completely different, even though it's the same character in series nine.
1: I would... No, Clara in series eight to nine, I think I can see a very natural progression there. Um, I prefer Clara in series nine, in part because Ooh. Danny Pink is not present. Indeed. But... Um, Clara series 8 to 9 feels like one character Clara in series 7 to me personally Oh I still does can't not, believe
0: that because I, I does
1: not feel like a character I because on. she is a prot she is a prot device
0: I, I said this before I jumped on the series 7b so my introduction to Clara was like you know, she's a nanny and she's like very inquisitive that went completely out the window that's why I just can't believe these people are the same characters and the fact that yes. she just doesn't have a character at all
1: she she didn't have a character in series seven. Anyway,
0: let's go back to much better times. Yeah, husbands of River Song People People were actually there. in the episode.
1: You know, um, husbands of River Song, which you know what features River Song, and as a an counterpoint, there, again River Song, as she changes, sure, but for the entirety of the time she is played by Alex Kingston, River Song feels like the same character, and that I will give a lot true. of that to Alex Kingston's acting, in spite of times when her character is threatened of being sidelined in favor of a mystery slash plot point, as Stephen Moffat so often does with female characters, I find. Um, River Song manages to penetrate the modern part because Alex Kingston gives her so much life, and her debut episode, even if she is a mystery, she has so much character in it, and that is able to just persevere and carry on through in a way that Oswin in Asylum of the Daleks does not have very much character aside from, she floods a lot. Um, and we hate it. I mean, some of us appreciate it. Can we, can we not
0: talk about Asylum of the Dalts?
1: No, I would actually really rather not talk about Asylum of the Dalts as well. That's one of my least favorite episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: How well do you think the transition is between, uh, sort of the end of Husbands of River Song* and of course that leading into uh, Forest, uh, the library story. I because think it's wonderful. I don't think it's, the thing that I don't really like about this story towards the end is the fact that it's so forced in the whole thing of, oh, this is where we end. It's going to be Forest, Forest of the Library. You know, is, for, is it Forest yeah, of the it, Library? It's, is it Library? It's Silence in the library, si- of the, <laughs> <laughs> silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. Silence of the Library, Forest of the Dead. The whole thing where it's like, oh, we'll be here for 24 years. Oh, this is the last time we'll be... Like, why, could, why did he have to do that? Because that means, surely, that the river is now aware that this is the last time should yes we? and I, no. The, I do not understand it, like if only we just pressed the stop button there, then we all you know when we went to uh, you know, went to watch Aztecs. Why did we have to do this whole oh oh this is the last time, you know, spoiling I, the story that everyone already knows.
1: Well in fairness, A, the audience goes into Husbands of River Song, having already generally watched um Silence in the Library Forest of the Dead. You could tell by the pause there yep. that I was determined not to mess it up. Um because, you know, it's the kind of dramatic irony and tragedy of River's entire arc is that you start with her ending. And but this is, in a way, like, Science of the Library, Forest of the Dead is the beginning of the River stories. In a sense, even if you end there, it's kind of, it gives you this mass amount of depth that inf- informs her character throughout the entire rest of the run. Um, whereas, Husbands of River Song is the ending, and you can't really have River not acknowledge that entirely. You know, they don't really know... The Doctor never confirms if it's The Last night, as much as it's quite obvious it is. And, of
0: course, Big Finish probably have gone on different stories with the song. Yeah, They're and besides, time. we are
1: going, you know, to be able to see and do more. But, you know, you don't have that. And then you do have name of the Doctor afterwards, where River technically reappears in an appearance I'm not really the biggest fan of. I think, because,
0: of course, I, I See in 7B was the one I... Started with, I did not think I knew who the song was at the time. That's So, this, so, so this person <laughs> probably just appeared and I'm like, oh, who who are you? But
1: that's course, so funny. That mm, is that is hilarious. I.
0: That's why I have a sort of like niche opinion of it because it's sort of like, well, that's the <clears throat> last time we'd see her. But of course, this has to classic no, classic Moffat retconning.
1: No, this isn't. I mean, you know, I could see name of the Doctor being the last time we see River, but I like Husbands of River Song. It serves as a proper coda and epilogue that nobody ever expected to get, but it fits in really well. Is it
0: because like it feels that Moffat forced the plot around the line? You know, this I've got a haircut. This is my new suit because that's what River like. As, as soon as that trailer dropped with that line, I'm like, ah, uh, uh, cl- club clever Stephen. Yeah,
1: well in fairness i think he built it around a lot of those lines and references and that way he often did but also you know what he poked a bit of fun he built a story that's very different you know he wasn't entirely expecting that it was something different it had that true but then you also had for example uh, you know Fleming going around like ah yes jim the fish we all know jim the fish don't we the obvious joke being that there is no jim the fish story um and we are gonna suffer we don't know everything um you know, there's a world adventure out there that we don't get to see as well.
0: We get to listen to.
1: Even I don't. Is there uh, a big Finish Jim the Fish story? Not as far as I'm aware. Not as far as it, I'm aware. It's just that
0: by, by the way, it's going and probably all these old. Well, all, all the Doctor actors are coming this... up now nowadays. We're likely, maybe, to see like Eleven and River Story on Big Finish. You know,
1: I would. I mean, I would think there's a lot of potential for stories in the middle. Absolutely, there already have been some. I believe, I think, have that, probably. Um, I don't know off the top of my head of any 11. I don't else. think. Not with I 11, mean, but I'd imagine not, with. The yeah, other that's ones. fair. That no, that there's been, been, a been a lot been of with river others. stories with mm-hmm. others. Um, and also, in fairness, I'm actually going to jump into one of our podcast questions early because I think it's very relevant to this discussion.
0: Just like River's Life. Alex
1: Kingston, River Song, and David Tennant as the 14th Doctor being a hypothetical meeting there because, you know, you have. Sh- she comments. It's the faces that she doesn't know. Is this a possible meetup? Now, we also know, apparently, that the 14th Doctor does have adventures outside of the 60th anniversary, as David Tennant. Namely, in the comic Liberation of... Liberation, um, which I'm not going to say the rest of the title of that, but you can probably guess what I might be about (laughs) to say, but it would spoil the cliffhanger of the first... Um, ending of the comic, uh, but you know you should read Liberation. It's very good. Um, yes. If you like to see the Doctor going to a time before the World Cup went to Qatar and uh, when it was actually nice. Um, hmm. oh, politics in our Doctor Who podcast is more likely than you think. It is indeed. In fairness, yeah. it
0: sort of feels the fact that you've got River who is dead, and you've got the the face of a Doctor who is dead. You know. This is Doctor Who, not Zombie Who. Why would we want these two characters to meet again?
1: Um, in fairness, I think they could meet again. They probably will. not They almost certainly were not on screen. Um, but they might in Big Finish. Joseph, you're squinting at me. You're, like, looking,
2: like... I don't know what you mean. I was just going to say, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in the 60th we saw one or two more familiar faces. It's probably inevitable. But but that's the
0: thing. But every, everything that we, was predicted happened. It's just like No Way Home again.
2: I hope she's not one of them. Because I I think husbands is such a perfect. I agree.
1: I do not her like. Last I think. How would you like? There's already a lot of stuff going on in that. I don't think it's a good idea to drop her in that. Yeah. Mm. I think giving big finished stories for 14 would be amazing, but I do not know what to think about. I don't think she should be in the 60th anniversary. No. Like there
2: is no way you could end her story in the main show better than it ends in Husbands. I
1: do not think you could, no, completely. And you therefore, really
2: you shouldn't bring yeah. her back. Yeah. So who
1: will be? The Rani? The Rani? After all these years? Oh my god, the Rani's come back? No! Um, who knows? I mean, you know, if you've been following Google Images, um, there are some things that people know about in there that I'm not going to discuss. I but, yes. Um Yes. You know... There's potential different things, all sorts of stuff, but we do not know. We do not know. We do not know. We um, to speculate. It is not going to be River. Good. I do not actually know, but it's not going to be oh, River.
0: Imagine if it's Ian again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, imagine Ian this time, but he kills more people like he does in Aztecs. Speaking of the Aztecs. Yes, what a wonderful segue. What a wonderful segue. Well,
0: this is... um. Uh, a literal uh, <coughs> flash uh, window to the past because yeah,
1: this is a pure yeah, historical pure story. historical. this is in the vein of stories like Marco Polo which is gone and right. other such things this is when they had pure 100% historical stories and it's something I actually really love about First Doctor stories in general which I'm going to get into which is not done as much in modern day for obvious reasons um, but you know there's a lot of things here that I'm going to dig into but Back in 1963 and 1964, Doctor Who was an educational show for children. There was a re- you had this old curmudgeonly grandfatherly gremlin man known as the Doctor, uh, that prodigious inventor of, of time and space who vibed and did stuff and was a general chaos gremlin. You had his granddaughter, Susan, who was the intended kid insert character, um, which you know what? Good on them for a female kid insert character about, like, learning and education in the 1960s towards these kind of, especially a STEM passion. You know, I don't think, thank you, Verity Lambert. I don't think that's appreciated enough.
2: Indeed, it's certainly, Um, certainly progressive for its time.
1: Yeah, and then you've got Barbara and Ian, who serve as the different facets of the show's educational capacities, being a history teacher in Barbara, and Ian, a physics teacher, and also the all-around 60s action hero, Macho Man, as well. Yes. Um, You know, which you...
0: Yeah, it was natural it that pure historicals would be the way that they're going to yeah. go, and no, of course the you uh, have the
1: pure sci-fi yeah. stories and the pure historicals.
0: The writer of this is uh, John Lucarotti, and of course he wrote Marco Polo and the Massacre. Now, what's interesting is that this is the only one that one exists in its entirety yeah. of his work. Yes, and not, just remember yeah. that all these
1: stories were unfortunately deleted uh, mm. and cannot be recovered in heists, alas.
0: And I'd say that this is probably the most accessible of them because. Massacre is a bit bogged down in like, you kind of need to know what the history was and Marco yeah. Polo is very long. This is pretty good, the, ap- the pacing of this is quite good for the time.
1: Y- yes Compared with no, Mar- just, yeah. I'm gonna
0: get I, into that in a moment. Compare I it to the censor rights that, okay, that comes after and Marco true, true, Polo There are
2: certainly significantly worse paced episodes.
0: This is Massacre. true,
1: the War Games exists.
0: How <laughs> dare you? The War Games does not need to be
1: not 10 parts. It does it's not need so slow. It should be six parts it should be six parts and you know what i don't think many episodes should be six parts i think most six parts episodes should be four um but war games i think could justify being six parts it does not need to be ten
0: david david Whitaker is spinning in the grave
1: yes and may he spin some more like the pulley the first doctor uses to open the door segue um no anyway this episode the ascets actually focuses itself around some very character-centric discussions and dilemmas. There is no major plot in this episode, and I think that is such a blessing. You do not need a plot in every, like, a big cataclysm or whatever that is happening. The story of this episode is entirely rooted in the characters and the setting, which makes it feel a bit like a D&D story. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very fun in that way, because mm-hmm. you know what? You step up, Cool. Okay, what is the plot? So. Barbara is thought to be maybe a god because uh, you just step out the episode jumps right on into it There's no introductory scene in the TARDIS. There's no nothing by the time the doctor Ian and Barbara are on screen together Barbara has already been proclaimed a god by the Aztecs, yeah. which does lean unfortunately into a lot of white savior narratives But I think deconstructs it in a way that the story is still interesting even if it kind of again There's a lot of racial profiling and stereotyping even if John Lucruotti lived in Mexico for a while, Mm. that does go on here and is a little very unfortunate in general. Yeah, Um, it is. The story is also a product of the 1960s and also a product of a very British lens of the Aztecs in general. Yeah. Even if it had like it wasn't it was better than it could have been. By a hundred stretches, hundred Yeah, it, on margins. the
0: Doctor Who scale of insensitivity, it's not as bad as Mavic Chen or um, Talents of Wang Chang.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. It's not as bad as Star Trek's Code of Honor. Oh, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I
0: thought you were going to say the Paradise Syndrome, because we mentioned that in the...
1: Uh, oh, we could mention the Paradise the... Syndrome as well. That's oh. awful, that's awful. No, um, but, you know, you've got the Aztecs here. And Barbara's became a God, um, and the Doctor, Ian, and... Um, Susan become her hand like like servants and end up engaging in a political rivalry between two Aztec high priests. One of whom is trying like an open minded and learned fellow, and the other of whom, as befits the name, the high priest of sacrifice, Clotoxel, um, which is how we're going to be pronouncing this throughout the podcast, as yep. agreed beforehand. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> uh, is you know. He's a very cartoony villain. John Ringan plays him with this kind of aura of, like, I want the human sacrifices.
0: I think what's interesting is that by the end of the story, Clotoxel doesn't lose. No,
1: he wins. It's, no, it's one, he wins it everywhere. It's
0: one of the, like, the only times where the villain sort of doesn't succeed, but, like, there's no, he no, wins it there's everywhere. no, there's no consequence. And, of course, that feeds into the whole story uh well, of course, there isn't really much of a plot, but it's more the story of can you change yeah. time?
1: Yes. The story here is fundamental for the characters. Barbara wants to change history. She wants to it, make the Aztecs better. Um, and we're going to ignore her statements being pro-Cortez, because what the hell? Um, it's not ideal. It's not ideal in the slightest, but... Um, Barbara wants to change history and end human sacrifice, which I think is a really compelling moment in the story for character-wise. The Doctor's like, you cannot do this. This is written, you can't change this fundamental part of time. He knows. Um, Believe me, he knows. knows. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you can't change human sacrifice, but you can change Gallifrey being destroyed. Um, yeah, of course you can. 17 different times, in fact. <laughs> Please um, yeah, no. Um, uh, but
0: then you have... It's an interesting conundrum, what they've got, because it's nice to see the Doctor and the Companions clash. But that's I what course what, That's, of course, what we need more, because it's not a, a lovely... Sort of, I was going to say family, but then, of course, it's about fam. A, a lovely <laughs> knit group of travellers. Of course they're not always going to get on. And yeah. the, and the fact yeah. that they are in a no, time they machine... Have, they
1: have yeah. different agendas and different ideas, and that's something that I think is really important, um, because fundamentally you know I cannot list like there are times when Jodie's like hmm no it's not like good to get on with you but the relationship there never has fundamentally changed or altered and arguments are usually Jodie just exists or people are unreasonable and then it just doesn't matter in another scene later on Um, I would say Moffat's Doctor Companion arguments they're definitely more prominent than Chimna ones but they aren't that major alas no
0: no one argues as
1: much as one no one argues as much as one Um, I would say there are prominent ones for ten where the relationships just do not work out Um, namely being um, ten and Martha where there's a lot of clashes where it does not get on well the relationship does not work Um, but and you know ten and nine obviously is father's day which is very similar to this episode in a way Um, but you know One clashes the companions in a way because one is one is the most gremlin of all the doctors.
2: I think two would challenge
1: that. Okay, two no, two does challenge that, you're right. You know, he is certainly up that. Yeah, one is very, very gremlin. Um and he's just a he's just a little guy, he's just a little chaos guy. And you know what, throughout this entire story like, you know, it's entirely based on characters' actions and interactions. There is no evil scheme that clox like is um Tracing aside from the Aztec tradition and culture of human sacrifice, that there is no our heroes are not being reactive to a villain scheme here. They are being proactive. And that is a fundamental aspect of narrative that is so often lost for us a lot of new who. And is present in episodes like, for example, I guess Dalek. The heroes are more proactive. Um in up until the point where They take the narrative until the Dalek escapes, and then they are forced to be reactive. But until that point, it's not like there's an evil scheme. It's just, this happens, and it is the hero's actions that cause the Dalek to escape, which forces them to be on the back foot. That is true. Um, But, you know, there's plenty of, like, it's much rarer in New Who that the heroes are proactive elements of the story. You do say
0: proactive, but of course there are negative consequences. One does seem to screw up. No, along. that's the point. That is the point. It is yeah. quite proactive, funny.
1: proactive does not mean good. Proactive means the heroes take the initiative and do things in a way, for example, that Peter Davison never did. Um, tragic. But no, in Venice he did in some episodes. Resurrection is a big one. Okay. Well, that's
0: That's one. I'm uh, not going to name any <laughs> others.
1: <laughs> there are not any others. Yeah, no. Um, the, the beige man. Anyway, uh, the point is that the protagonists are they are the ones who have fundamental desire to get out of the episode. They are stuck in the past and want to escape. Barbara wants to change things as they can. The Doctor doesn't think that's a good idea. Su- like, And Susan and Ian are each forced into their own representations of what male and female Aztec life would be like in this, you know, the Aztec culture, which is very sexist to be like, you know, as it is the in the episode, Indeed. Um, among other things. Even Ortlock, who is a good guy, could not escape all the pitfallings of the society of which he grew up in. Um, but you've got a lot of that um, present in a lot of very interesting ways. The story, it's very, it's fascinating the kind of depth it gets to dig into in, like, the characters' motivations and their plots out the circumstances of the episode. And then you've got the Aztec characters, the four of which are Clotoxel who mostly interacts with Barbara, Yep. I guess from Ortlock who mostly interact with Papa mm. Ixta who interacts with Ian Ortlock also is the one who handles Susan I guess also Tonilo is there and then you have Kameka for the Doctor
0: of course I remember discussing this during the and those the are the, the five aspect characters um you, you've noticed uh, that Susan doesn't really appear much in episodes I think two and three and that's because no. just like much of the class- <laughs> early classic era it was so long the filming times that they had to go on holiday someday so they yeah. pre-recorded a scene like, alright, alright Caroline just, just go on holiday yeah. and uh, it's sort of i mean it happens a lot in series one especially that there are just some stories where the a certain character just doesn't appear and so they no. don't really get development that i mean happens how a lot. how necessary is it that we see development of susan
1: in the ceremony c- ceremony Completely not. yeah it's not the most it's not at all relevant yeah. it is not at all relevant um and i don't think it's a bad thing i think if susan stuff had been there as well the episode would have ended up bogging itself down i think it is for the best because you cannot focus on every character all the time when you have a cast of four characters. This episode widely focus, wisely focuses on Barbara, fundamentally. Yes. Barbara is the main character in this episode, in a sense. Um, and you know, you've got subplots about Ian and the Doctor and Susan, but they are all subplots. Like, the main story is about Barbara and her learning about getting more mature. Like you, know, you can't change this part of history in spite of her desires to do so. But that's not to say that her actions do not have some good. She ends up saving uh, Ortlok's... You know, she gets him out of there into one. She enlightens him and allows him to choose a life of knowledge, as his name suggests, over ignorance. Um, Indeed. Which is wonderful. You also obviously have very hilarious moments. The Doctor, everything the Doctor does backfires here. Mm. Like literally everything. Absolutely everything.
0: He I, basically weakens Ian before the fight even starts. Yes. He traps Ian. Like by like giving <laughs> his enemy poison.
1: <laughs> uh, he, he traps <laughs> Ian in a
0: in a river. River.
1: He gets engaged. Um, he ends up, you know, um,
0: chaos with William Hart. Yeah. Honors.
1: No. He, let's see. What else does he do? He gives, um, you know the idea to interrogate, make, get, get all sorts of things out and, like, try to gain information there, uh, which leads us off. He gets arrested and puts more suspicion on Barbara's Um He ends up uh, putting it over the thing without the pulley, which snaps the rope in the first place. Um, does anything he does go right? You know, that's one I know thing it. I like. Not
0: really, no. That's
1: one thing I like. I think... RCD doesn't do this much, but Chris Chibnall and Stephen Moffat always have this desire that the Doctor ends up mo- like almost always being justified in what he does. He does... Even if he does a bad thing, he is right to do it. And I think that's stupid! <laughs> I think that's really stupid. Spyfall. Spyfall. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah. No, Uh. Yeah. Spyfall. Also, it's a big part of my issue, sorry, with how Bent. Um... And um, we're not actually bleeping this one out, I'm afraid. Um, no, Um can't say this. And, uh, like, Good Man Goes to War falls into this pitfall as well where the Doctor is doing more what should be morally ambiguous activities where the Doctor a darker side but the Doctor is right to show it. Whereas when Ten shows a darker side it is things like The Waters of Mars where he is explicitly and 100% in the wrong or Tooth and Claw where his blundering around ends up getting ends up establishing a fascistic (laughs) organization for the future that ends up causing rose to be sent into an alternate dimension see
2: you say hellbent says he's Justified. I mean, we'll discuss this properly when we watch Hellbent at some point and record a podcast on it, but I don't agree with that.
1: That is fair. Really? That is fair. But
2: do, I could talk about that for hours. So I we know. We're not going to talk about
1: that now. I would say it's a big part of my issue with the episode. I can understand where you're coming from and would love to discuss it not during this podcast. I mean, yeah, only, all, we've had our allocated capacity time for this podcast. I only
0: watched it once, so am I right to judge it after one awful, awful watching?
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah sorry Um, anyway yes um, Aztecs no the doctor here makes mistakes and does a lot of things that are completely and utterly wrong and ends up complicating the plot in a way that I personally love as Joseph can vouch for and Louis can probably also vouch for uh, having read that little thing I've done uh, which I'm not going to talk about any more than this yes Louis you read that right
0: um
1: Louis um, Louis
0: yes and no um, Louis if you forgive the expression uh, I, 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 will, I will see I will see
1: Louis <laughs> I've, I've been stabbed in the back yeah fairly. ouch ouchies big ouch energy um, anyway it's fine um, but no this is like you know you've got that you've got it's, like, it's a the very Aztecs it's, uh, it has a very weird start because it just starts it thrusts you right into its the its direction
0: Aztecs. is quite strange the direction it's, uh, it's is not strange. bad it's not bad but I remember I was reading this it turns out it turns out that there were some shots where the camera seemed to zoom in. It didn't. They physically had to move the camera. <laughs> That's why. The that part, that, the part is, that f- is how zooming in no, works. No, no, no. With, with that, no it, was, it was it was deliberate. That's why there are such yeah. strange scenes, like when uh, Ian gets his like uh, thing scraped with poison. Yeah. The camera just zooms. Stri- well, it is moved straight yeah. into it. It's quite. It's I mean, quite that a human is how scene.
1: you do like a dolly zoom and stuff. That is most directional techniques for zooming, especially before digital cameras were invented. When you are working on film, like they are here,
0: it's just a bit wacky.
2: Because you have to.
1: No, it definitely is a bit wacky. I think it's good to show the information. I think it's very fun, um, and it's because they can't really stop a take. It's it's very it's very classic. Who in that the production values are. We don't reshoot. We don't do that here. Um, So we have one take of every scene. For what it is,
0: I'd say the production value is quite high. Mm. In particular, the backgrounds. backgrounds, Yeah, the backgrounds backgrounds are pretty good. The The
1: backgrounds are pretty good for this episode. The party hats are very (laughs) (laughs) funny. The party hats and that sort of thing. Um, You know, and like, you know, they got a bunch of what I would call Gorn-level fight scenes um, in reference to that Mm. classic Star Trek episode, The Arena, where Kirk shirtless fights a Gorn in the desert. Um, in what might be one of the most, if you've never seen this, look up um, Gorn Kirk fight scene on YouTube, please do actually, and just watch this. Just watch like the like very slow motion like punch in like this, and then they slap Would around each other.
0: Would you say the is good for the fight scene? No. no. <laughs> <Or> is <laughs> the that, isn't it the part where Ixta, like throws the spear, but it like hits the
1: wall? It's a mess. It's a huge mess. I think it works and is serviceable. It's very funny.
0: Um, I'm going to make a strange admission here and it'll call my 60s fanaticism into question if you exclude the fight scenes this story still works without the visuals I mean yes
1: I would say completely because
0: I remember the last time I I listened or watched the the Aztecs I just didn't look at it I just Mm -hmm. had it you know just in the background it's something that I wouldn't mind like I' uh, I wouldn't mind if this just didn't exist and we had maybe like the savages or the Mythmakers or some other four parts of random serials Mark still that's true I mean that I, I do prefer polo to um Aztecs, and I think it's the better script of curiosity, but I'm just saying that it the Aztecs doesn't need to be yeah I wouldn't say it's the best no, it's not the best one
2: but no. also. Then he I mean, would lose the Doctor's face when he realises he's got ah, engaged. Ah, yeah, that's oh, yeah. so fun. Yeah.
0: Keep episode four.
2: Yeah. it no,
1: It's sometime near the end of the story. I yeah. don't remember which. Anyway, you know, um, also to get into this, for exa- did you know that there was a Doctor Who magazine comic published in 2014 where the 10th Doctor confirmed that apparently he goes back and visits Kameka from time to time? Um, really? Yes, really. Which, you know what? I disagree with in so that's many weird. ways. Um because, you know, the doctor... Like, I could see, actually, the doctor going back and visiting Kameka during the end of time. Oh, uh, no. Gi- <laughs> no. I love
2: say that? Everyone.
1: No, he does, because, you know, they confirm us in death of the doctor. Stop. He visits everyone. Everyone. And I think that's good. I think it's great. I actually prefer him visiting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Imagine like t- a regenerating turn leaning against the TARDIS door, seeing Katarina's floating corpse Uh <laughs> oh, No, no. He know. probably he Everyone.
1: does what he does with Rose and visits Katarina before, um, you know, before the myth, ma- before the Myth Makers maybe he comes in and saves Katarina's life uh, no
0: no. She, 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 she becomes blind due
1: to oxygen deprivation would, would it be like would, 10 in,
0: in the darkness and she, see, <laughs> she sees Katarina and goes you're going to have a really great death scene I mean a year
1: <laughs> no. anyway um, but the point I like the Doctor goes back and visits them all there but I think it's, it's very much in character for the Doctor to not look back and the doctors just move on. But that is apparently from a comic, I found. That is the only other time Kameika has ever been referenced in Doctor Who media. <laughs> so, you know, take it as you will.
0: Um, Maybe she was Tecteo.
2: No. 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 <laughs> just no. Just
1: no and shut And no and no yeah, and shut Yeah, she could be a Time Lord. no and no you know? and no and no. No, and no, no. no. is the, the War. The editor is a Time <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Tecteo is, a, is the, the War <laughs> Is
0: the War Chief? The War
1: Oh my god, the War Kamika. No! I've always said the War Chief, like from the war games, like, oh my god, no, anyway. But no. Anyway, the War Chief is obviously the master. Um no. Did someone
0: <laughs> say the war games?
1: Yeah. The yeah. most
0: p- paced story in Doctor Who. Canon. Based, did you say? Uh, both. Paced <laughs> and based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paste-based.
1: Based paste. No, um, anyway. There's a lot of fun stuff here. You also have Ixta and Ian's Homo Relationship, um, which I would say I mean obviously there's no like homooroticism intended, but there is a lot of potential homoerotic subtext there. Just in the way there... it's just like i oh, It's not as strong I'm as those two to, in the I'm Curse going of to Fenric. relish killing you. It's not not because those two in Curse of Fenric mm. was intended. The, the intended yes. That was they were meant to be gay. Um, uh, but in this one I would say there's like there is an attitude there that in the way that these two Mortal enemies treat each other in a way that's like, oh yes, I've slept next to you this entire night. Uh, let us now wrestle, shirtless us, as I will kill you and wring the life from your corpse. Um, I mean, when you
2: say it like that, it
1: sounds weird. Yes, I'm and sure then, someone has
0: made a fanfiction of Ixter and Ian.
1: There are, let's see, how many was it? Um, oh dear, I'm trying to remember now, but there were at least six. Fanfics shipping Sauron and Morgoth from Lord of the Rings. W-
2: w- w- this is. W- w- why do you know that?
1: Why would I not know that? Um, I, I worry. I worry about you. Uh, there's actually, in fairness, over a, um, a thousand, I believe, as I last checked, fanfictions based on characters who exclusively appear in the Silmarillion. Um, so never underestimate... Also, but Surely expected. the
0: Cimmerian includes Beryn and Luthien. So it does. Yeah, so that's no, no, like no, already no, a no, shipping pair no, already.
1: No, Midros and Fingon is the most common ship. Ah. Which, I mean, you know what? Valid. You know, it takes a very. Like, they are. Like, you know, they are described In fairness, you know, the other one I think is Túrin and Balek. Uh, because it's better shipping to and Belek than to and his sister. Um, and, you know, and literally wakes up and Belek's like, my lover! Like, you can't... At that point, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing?
2: Is anyone else as lost as I am?
1: You probably all are, and that means you clearly have how, m- how many the same we
0: refer- we would have we We to reference three
1: fandoms. Yeah, um, but, you know... Three. We, three! Three. 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 Anyway, no, it's, um, you know, what else is there to mention of the Aztecs? Um... The doctor apparently did the Aztecs not have the wheel? That
0: is something that I was like, hang on, that surely can Apparently, they did, but they seem like they only used
1: it for toys. I'm not even sure if that's true. I'm gonna have to probably you know, look in into fairness, it on Wikipedia. In a more yeah. mountainous, no, in a mountainous environment, a wheelbarrow is very useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like no, why? It's what,
0: just that again, it feels like did Lucarelli shape the entire plot around the fact <laughs> that they didn't have a wheel so that they can open the door in the, in the right way because they invented it. It was quite. Oh, c- come on, mate.
1: I mean, in fairness, I can see the doctor making a pulley anyway, because they wouldn't have a pulley. Besides, I can I can see that being yes, the case. Mm. Certainly,
2: but, but a wheel. I mean, I don't know the history well enough. So I that do not know true, enough about
1: Mesoamerican civilizations in general. I know quite a bit about their history, but not their level of advancement. Indeed. That being said, to construct such vast pyramids and such, the Egyptians definitely had the wheel. Yeah. Um, Years beforehand, even if they didn't entirely use it all the time, uh, they had a variety of different things. They often used, you know, a lot of different things to pull and such. I don't know the most about that again, but it feels like a very advanced civilization to not have the wheel. Yes, you know, they like for example, they definitely did have sundials and clocks and other such things. Um, they were the Mesoamerican civilizations, the Aztecs, Mayans, Incans, and more, uh, charted out the movements of the stars and suns better than anyone else for their time, like completely. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other civilization I would say compares is the ancient like um, East Asian ones such as ancient China which did a fantastic job as well um, speaking of the eclipse um, <laughs> mm. yeah, no.
0: the it's, of it, it does seem to be like a staple it's because it was true yeah. people were yeah. concerned
1: about the eclipse you know what like um, I just, I just, as soon as it happened, Bible. I was like, "Oh yeah,
0: in Tintin, isn't there some sort of mm-hmm. thing with the Incas and the solar eclipse?" Yes. Yeah.
1: No, it was. Uh, it wasn't a document. F- Another like, fan we f- It was like. a documented and verifiably important, major concerning event for a lot of people because the sun just disappears. Um, you have it even in the Bible. Um, I think it, you know it's mentioned as one of the last plagues um, is Indeed. the disappearance of the sun, which I think is more strongly likely. Uh, due to be due to dust appearances, due to um, a drought leading to le- lack of plant life and dust storms that block out the sun. But the point is, the blocking out of the sun is something that concerns people in a lot of different ways for obvious reasons. I was
2: going to say, as it should. It's it should. S-
1: if you have no idea what's going on, the sun is suddenly not there. The day has turned to night. Um, what the hell is going on?
0: Our firepower has disappeared.
1: Yes. Oh, so That's <laughs> that. another fandom. <family>. Another
0: fandom, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh god we've oh, just... I've, have I spoiled that
0: now yeah you oh have dear. spoiled that so, sorry
2: everyone
1: that's spoilers for something that I'm actually not going to mention what it is mm-hmm. I was going to say I have no
2: idea what it is so if you don't Put tell anybody what it yeah. is they so will that, the, the point.
1: that's the point that's what I'm not going to mention now um, so I'm not going to mention that at all moving um, on also in fairness by the time the first time it's mentioned you also know exactly what it does so it's not really a spoiler in the slightest as long as you don't know what it is uh, but yeah it, not it's
0: alright as long as nobody knows <laughs>
1: yeah no it's fine anyway um, cool um yeah. The Aztecs. It's a fun story. Yeah. It's a lo- it's a very character driven one. There is no plot, there are no aliens. It's a pure historical and I love it for that.
2: But it does end with Ian committing murder.
1: Yes, Ian does. Com- Ian Defensive is not murder. the man who never would. No. Ian is not the man who never would. Ian totally would as we see here. And, and, that, he does. and that
2: guy is still alive.
1: It's amazing. After all this after all this time. Yeah. forwards. Yeah, no. Cuz oh, yeah it felt really weird seeing this and thinking that's the same Ian who just appeared in Power of the Doctor oh yeah it's actually really mind blowing and wonderful in a way Um, didn't
0: Sarah say that he hadn't aged
1: (laughs) yes no she did in Death of the Doctor she lied no she (laughs) said that was in *Venus*, a rumour and the other part is we don't know exactly we know, Death of the Doctor is set at a specific point in the timeline there is a very big chance that something happened and the age could have caught up to them in the meantime indeed um,
0: <laughs> is that actually something that we can go into like yeah. imagine a story about like why Ian aged <laughs> like get the um the one that did it in Adventure Space and Time mean, you know and then get the one Barbara went.
1: is yeah. very much not there and it is entirely possible Jacqueline
0: that c- Hill was in The Leisure Hive mm-hmm.
1: yeah oh. Didn't know if oh, she sure. was yeah um, also um, you obviously have to remember that Sir jane just says she says there is a rumor that they have not aged it's true um it could be that their aging will slow down and at some point it kind of just caught up um i do not mind that maybe
0: that's right. not even maybe it's a it's a fake it's a it's chameleon
1: i've actually showed joseph that episode of star trek <laughs> so he should know what we're referencing i do i know everything obviously she's lying right there he's I completely got forgotten i have
0: yeah. Anyway, let's just move on to- Let's move on to questions. Questions. This is what we're gonna
1: do now. Is what gonna Cool. Okay, Um, we've already answered one of these. What's the best Christmas special and why is it husbands? I disagree with this. I would say it's my favorite Moffat Christmas special, but it is a very good Christmas special. It's one of the most fun ones.
2: Oh, sure. I think it is the most fun Christmas special.
1: Yeah, that is fair. I'd say there are moments in Christmas Invasion that are more camp and Christmassy, namely the attack of the killer Christmas tree and all that. But the episode does not ultimately focus on that, and I'd say this episode focuses on the fun camper elements the entire way through. Very much so.
0: Uh, Surely, being it's Christmas, they're sort of hoping that everyone's like sort, of, you know, stuffed full of turkey and. Drink, I mean, drink, no, because you've a lot, got a lot so of They can't even concentrate on the, you know, the, the terrible script.
1: That was, I mean, in fairness,
0: Oh, look, there's a flying shark. You
1: know. No, Venus. Uh, mm-hmm. Christmas Carol is a great story. Oh, the Titanic are is flying. No. Th- those are all, that's also a great <laughs> story. Oh,
0: uh, t- n- not very, of, very original, though. There was, Boys of the Dant is D- fantastic. Douglas Adams wrote that. You
2: know. All I'm hearing is you don't like Christmas
1: episodes. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Well... If you say, like, the Feast of Stephen, you can How do you
0: know I was going to say
1: I know exactly what you're going to say. And Everybody the Fe-
2: loves the Feast of Stephen. I just Incidentally.
1: Incidentally, the Feast of Stephen is more racist than the Aztecs. I'm not wrong. Um, but also, the Feast of Stephen was explicitly written because people, they said, yes. people can't focus on... This is how I knew you were going to reference it, because... Um, Feast of Stephen was written because Someone's people couldn't um, yeah, uh, <laughs> focus on a Dalek, major Dalek, like, emotional story on Christmas. That being said, the modern Christmas specials are very much not that in entirety. Nope. They are very much more dramatic stories in general. Husbands is the most fun. It's not my favourite, but it is very good. Um let's make a big finished box set when. That's not something I have any power. I'll ask my good friend, Nick Briggs, but you know... Yes. No no real thing about that. Um, Which is better, one slash Kameika or 12 slash River? One of these relationships (laughs) is consensual, the other is not. Um, As much as I think, you know, one is like, I miss you and thank you, I don't think there's genuine romantic feelings there.
0: No, there's care and concern. There's care and concern,
1: and respect and appreciation. And understanding that, and I think, you know, but I don't think it's romantic. Not, not like, oh, you're, you're the, you're the daughter of the way Troll my River is, yeah, very much indeed. so. indeed. Like, oh, um, you're
0: the daughter of my companion. You know, why do we have a yeah. relationship?
1: Look, I still... Maybe controversial River song opinion. I think it would have been better if she'd not been Amy's daughter. That might we be. haven't
0: discussed we're, how she's a Time Lord.
1: No, and we're not going we're to. Not we go, don't have time for that right there. now.
0: Is it because you do know one we, half an hour rant? Yes, yes. and
1: because we, sh- we can save that for if we ever actually watch... Good man goes to war or let's kill Hitler. Um, uh, cool. Um, anyway, I've already answered the next question. Um, now I have to answer the other questions from memory. So what are River Song's Hen Nights like?
2: Chaos. Oh, I'm not sure we're allowed to say those yeah, things on a podcast. Yeah, I don't think we
1: are. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's chaos and a lot of alcohol, probably. I mean, definitely. Um, definitely, and you know, other things that we can't mention on a podcast. Um, And there was another question that I can't remember and I don't have internet to look at. Let's see if I do. You know, um, that's all I have for now. Um, It was, has the Doctor given
2: Kamika trust issues for future relationships?
1: I don't think Kamika is going to have future relationships. Whoa, hang on. Not that I'm trying to, like, fan, but it seems like most of the time, Marriage is done to some, the, these people earlier in youth. Indeed. And it's assigned to them. Uh, it's it's quite like, you know, that they have this kind of proposal thing where Kamika doesn't really have an option of saying no anyway. Uh, and she's given like this life of contentment in the gardens of pleasure, which I don't know how accurate that is or not. Um, but it's, you know, it's just, it's not in a position where I think she was expecting to have a relationship, which is part of why I think she accepts it indeed but yeah no i think you know and would it give Kamiko trust issues Mm, i don't think so because i don't think her heart feels broken by the end of the episode
2: no
1: i don't think she ever feels like the doctor betrayed her trust he is a servant of the gods and as the gods leave so shall he indeed simple as that and i think that's just about everything yes it is
0: well for this year because this is now the last one yes. of the term we've got is our a final um, well, what have we got we got a social next um, do look this out this is though. not going to be out yeah, by it, the time it, the yeah time. it will be out by the time but you know,
1: I do. mean may, it, if they release 18 Check podcasts at anywhere. once <laughs> it will be uh, we'll be coming back to you next term with some fun episodes we
0: don't know what they are though we
1: don't know what they probably are probably including Hellbent.
0: I think I'll be uh, be off there.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm afraid I'm going to be... Oh, For the 30th I mean,
0: of February, we'll be watching Hellbent. <coughs> yes. Can't <believe> um,
1: this. <laughs> Ooh, we could watch it the 28th of February. And be, no, 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 the 30th. Well, 29th, sorry, 29th <laughs> of February, I want to say.
2: You're uh, going to get a podcast on Hellbent, which is just me monologuing because nobody else is willing to
1: show up. In fairness, I would love we to would shout the podcast We would have to rename it, though. It, be,
0: it would be Who podcast so we would be like, you know, WhoSockRants.
1: We should record a Who's rant series. We probably could. Someone someone should could. probably
0: edit each of our individual rants across every single podcast. <laughs> Put it into one. And That'll, that'll be it. That'll be Who's rants.
1: If you are capable of editing this, please contact us <laughs> at Beyond the Shadows. We need yeah. you right now. Yes, and with there are that, more
2: important things to edit.
1: I think, thank you very much for this dazzling instalment of Who's up podcast. I'm your host, Joe. Um, I hate you. And uh, we'll You're see not you the host. soon in the future. So, uh, and Merry bye. Christmas, A Merry
0: Thank Christmas to yes, so all of
1: watching at home. Bye. Happy New Year.
0: Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.